What is up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 77 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Saturday, January 6, 2018. Your favorite podcast has made it in to the new year. Why do I sound like David Miscavige right now? Your favorite podcast <laughs> has made it into the new year, and we are going stellar. <laughs> Stratospheric. We're going stratospheric. <laughs> uh, we are here with. I am here. Why am I saying we? Am I schizophrenic? Starting off 2018. Uh, I am uh, here. Singular. That's what happens when you imitate David Miscavige too many times. That's true. Uh, I'm here with Mike, my, my co-host. Um, dude, I've been listening to a, a fantastic Scientology podcast called Surviving Scientology. I won't go into. Cool. I won't go into it too much, but he. This guy, Jeffrey Augustine, has all these people. I'm, I guess I'm just giving them a, a free shout out because um, I like the podcast so much. Mm-hmm. He has all these former Scientologists on his podcast. And they, dude, if you thought going clear was crazy about like all the stuff having to do with Scientology, you have to go check out that podcast because that is a cult of abuse, physical and mental. And David Miscavige is crazier than I ever thought. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. how was how your New Year's, Mike? Happy New Year, buddy! Happy New Year, Happy New Year back to you. Uh, f- f- s- typical flubs as usual. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Fucked it all up. Congrats. Good foreboding of this year. Um, but yeah, it was okay. It was fine. It wasn't anything special. Just went over and visited my grandmother for a little bit. Then went and visit went and visited my aunt and uncle. And apparently, I can't speak right now. Uh, I'm I'm recovering from laughing till it hurts at one of these segments we will be uh, discussing today. So that's part of why I'm so off right now. Did you did you spank your monkey for the new year, Mike? (laughs) Spank the monkey. That would be hilarious if somebody was doing that as the ball dropped. (laughs) <laughs> and right, <laughs> and right, three, two, one. Happy New Year! That'd be a hilarious way to bring that'd it. Be like, that, that would be the. Tra- that's their New Year's tradition. That's what it is. Every New Year, they 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 let off a load. <laughs> oh my God! This is this is this has gone from a PG podcast starting out at the beginning of this episode. Instantly, instantly to triple X <laughs> level stuff right now. Well, I blame that one guy who asked us to review classic porn. So that was hilarious. And he, <laughs> Mike's referring to our Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries Facebook group, which, unlike fan pages on Facebook, are actually interactive and they show the uh, what people say like instantly at the top of the page. It's not some bullshit like on a fan page. You go a comment on a fan page, and it shoves your comment to the side and buries it, and you got to go and seek that shit out. And it's just stupid. I don't know why fan pages are so lame. They used to be much better. But um, mm-hmm. if you want to join our group, just go to the group section on Facebook and type in Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. And I was asking people in the group what they wanted to see from our podcast in 2018 because, you know, we have a steady listener base. Uh, but I would like to grow it. I would like to appease people 
in certain aspects. There are certain things that I'm just not going to change about the podcast for me personally, and I think I could probably speak for Mike as well. We're not going to stop swearing. We're not going to stop the chit chat at the beginning of every show. <laughs> uh, we're not going to be. We're not going to stop being immature and irreverent. It's just who we are as people, and and asking us to change that aspect of the podcast would be like asking us to change who we are. So those things are never going to change, and that's probably why we won't reach like stratospheric levels of podcast listenership all over the world. But um, eh, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, you have obnoxious radio hosts who make a living, you know, doing obnoxious shit. So Dude, I don't know why we can't. I remember Bubba. You know, I remember. Bubba the Love Sponge back in the day. He was, uh, I don't know if you know who that is or not. I don't know how. Yeah, he's from the Howard Stern show. Okay, I didn't know that's where he came from. So he was on. And there there was also a controversy involving him and his wife and Hulk Hogan and this other thing. Yeah. Well, I remember he was on, um, he was on the radio on our rock radio station, like in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess he serviced many different markets. Yeah. You want to talk about like, like utter garbage, like radio he would have like girls on there, and he'd be like, hey, "Yeah, you're, you have some nice titties. Yeah, those those real titties. Oh yeah, I'd love to see those." It's just like the this just this perverted, just like if you went to a bar and there was some fat greasy bastard in the corner, like that to me was what Bubba the Love Sponge was. Yeah. So at least we're a few cuts above that. I would want. I would like mm-hmm. to think. You know, oh, I, I think we're more than a few cuts above that type of shit. I mean, yeah. we're, we're not like that. We don't have a special guest, and we're just like, well, show me those titties. Yeah, they had like dr- yeah. they had like something called Drunk Bitch Fridays, which they had some chick uh, on, come on the program, <laughs> and she arrived at the program as well. Um, I'm just kidding. That was that was <laughs> that's an edit, <laughs> or maybe it's not. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta decide. Uh, it's, fuck- it's like your body rejected that joke. <laughs> yeah, fuck this cold weather, man. It's really tearing my throat up. It's not this e-cigarette with unknown chemicals in it that I'm smoking. No, no, it's the cold weather. I will not blame my crutch. But anyway, this chick would come in and she'd get progressively drunker as the radio mm-hmm. show would go on. And I guess at the end, she'd do some crazy thing in the studio that we can't show you. But, oh, it, take our word for it. It's misogynistic and... Just uh, as chauvinistic wow. as as I'm saying that it was. I I'm not one of those like super you know prudes. Yeah, but but like even that to me was like this is pretty. Yeah. This is pretty ma- uh, some male chauvinism at its finest right now. Uh, anyway, I don't know why the fuck we're talking about like. Old, sounds like an asshole to me. Yeah, old radio shows. Um, so with the new year, the one thing I remember. The most about the new year is one. I played Yahtzee and didn't get a single fucking Yahtzee, while everyone else in the at at my aunt and uncle's place got a Yahtzee at least once. So you know, the only saving grace I got for that game was I was not last. But yeah, that's great. Like you're playing a game and and you didn't you weren't the worst one, but you were one of the worst. So it's like yay. I was still, I still sucked. Yeah, but you, you gotta, but you gotta think thing, though. You gotta think though, Mike. These, the, these people you're playing against are like 20, 30 years older than you. This was their shit growing up. Like this was, yeah. this was what they, this was, this was their, uh, like high score on Pac Man or this was their high score on Call <laughs> of Duty was like schooling people in Yahtzee. Like that's all they had to do. They had like a string. 
I I don't know. Yahtzee is not is not an easy thing to school people with because it's mostly chance. That's really what it is. It's not. It's the roll of the dice. That's all it is. So, but then another uh, thing that I thought was um, somewhat memorable is when they had the big uh, celebration in New York or whatever, and you had Ryan Seacrest and hosting it and whatever, and the ball came down. None of them, and when the ball came down, everybody was not singing Odd Lang Syne. They were just singing New York, New York. <laughs> Odd Lang Syne I mean, being how- the uh, song that I ended the last podcast with, yeah. for those of you who don't know. Yeah, the, the typical... <clears throat> Yeah. It's the usual New Year's song that everybody sings when the ball drops, but here it's New York, New York, or whatever. You know, it's like, how selfish are you, New Yorkers, really? I mean, oh, it's just the ball comes down and let's start singing the New York song. You know, it has nothing to do with New Year's whatsoever. If Dick Clark were still alive, he would have never let this happen. (laughs) Yeah, that thing that that for all intents and purposes is supposed to be for everybody in the country. That that stupid uh, New Year's Rock and Eve or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Um, You know, there's singing and dancing and it's all so corny. And in other countries ring in the New Year in such a more epic way with their parties and their amazing fireworks. Yeah. All we have is just like Ryan Seacrest. A a giant disco ball (laughs) comes down. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is a giant uh, disco ball. And, and, And whatever you're doing, like I was hosting, I was DJing an event. And actually, one of our listeners commented on our fan page, and they, you know, those little memes that were going around. If you start like uh, the Toto song "Africa" at this time, it, yeah, it'll hit. Yeah. It'll hit the chorus by New Year's. <laughs> so somebody sent me one about uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight, and it's like if you play in the air tonight at such and such time, the drum fill comes in right as it, you know, hits zero for the New yeah. Year. The jujun jujun jujun. So yeah. So I was DJing a party uh, in San Marco, which is kind of a ritzier, well, I wouldn't say ritzy, but it's more of a upscale part of uh, Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And that's how I brought in the new year there. There was like all these people and we were 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I literally hit play right as it, it you know, everyone said happy new year and just this like Phil Collins, dude, I was going to be. I was gonna subvert my Phil Collins tastes into yeah. everyone's ears for the New Year's. So, well, that 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 was pretty epic, though. Yeah, I would have to say that that made that instantly better with the addition of Phil Collins. I would actually like. I actually think I had the volume a little too loud. <laughs> so, uh, oh, so, so I think was... they were like monstrous. Like out of nowhere, there was no sound because I cut the sound for the countdown. <laughs> so it was like no sound, and then all of a sudden, just people looking around like, "What the fuck was that?" Just, just. <laughs> after it was done just tonight as in the year after that like okay now i'm deaf for 2018 that's cool <laughs> i guess that's my new year's resolution is to regain my hearing yeah, after tonight exactly <laughs> hey you know i mean i never said i never said my gigs were safe i just said they were fun and we also watched uh vintage old twilight zone episodes and that, that show still holds up for the most part. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's one of those. That's there are some episodes though that are kind of weak though. Like there was one about this th- this family. Their mom died, and they brought somewhat somehow kind of brought her back to life. 
because they had like a robot nanny or grandma or something who looked like their mom and it didn't really go anywhere. It was just an extremely schmaltzy, just corny ass episode. And I could see why in later seasons, Rod Serling was like, what is this? I, I, I don't want to do this. I, I want to do more darker, scary stories. <laughs> was Rod Sterling the host? Yeah, Rod Sterling. Yeah. So and he was one of the uh, one of the creators as well. And so he ended up uh, doing his own show, The Night Gallery, uh, later on, uh, or just Night Gallery, which is in the 70s. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's one of those few shows from from that time that, in my mind, still holds up along with. Like, I don't think the Outer Limits holds up that well because like, it's it's predicated on a lot of effects stuff and some of it's really bad. I think even there, for the time. I think there was a porno called The Outer Limits. Uh, there was a '90s Showtime revival that had nudity in it, ah. but a lot of that was <clears throat> cut out for the home video releases, which is kind of interesting. But there's only a few episodes that had nudity. Like, a lot of them weren't really sexy episodes or, you know. There was also a skateboard shop in our mall called Outer Limits, and it, uh, but it had a Z instead of an S for the limits because oh, it was edgy, man. you know what I mean? Uh, Screw you, Dad. Cringe. I'm not going to spell it with an S at the end. I'm spelling it with a Z because this is my generation and we... The Outer Limits. Limits. <laughs> <laughs> or spelled with a Z, as you Canadians. I, you know, we got to start ca catering to our Canadian listeners more because it's becoming more and more apparent that Canadians really like our podcast. So we have to start, <laughs> like, saying things in meters and kilometers <laughs> and shit. And we got to start saying Z instead of Z. Uh, they would probably appreciate it if we said more, um, like, sorry, uh, don't know what... Or, or, or maybe they wouldn't. Fair enough. Maybe they would. All right, let's get to these. Uh, let's get to these clips. I would. I would say the name of this particular episode of our podcast would be the irony. Uh, the irony episode because these segments are so bad they're good. They're not so bad they're just unwatchable. Like our worst segments uh, episode we did a while back. These are so bad they're they're good. Um, and I would even say, like, especially the like comedy store ghost, which is the one we're about to talk about. Um, it's just it's just corny. But there's things about. Yeah, but there are elements to it that are actually are legitimately great. It's yeah. just there's a lot of other stuff that's admittedly corny. I'd say the award of uh, practical effects is definitely goes to comedy store ghosts. Yeah. You know, because the practical effects used in this segment were cool. Um, and I even thought the visual effects were pretty good, too, with the ghosts and stuff like that. Well, I'll, probably, low I'll probably disagree with you on that one, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the Comedy Store, which is a it's a it's a a venue essentially for um, stand up comedians in Los Angeles. And it's a very popular, uh, just historical comedy venue for stand up comedians. Uh, you I mean, for a startup stand up comedian to even get time there. And this is me speaking from from that I first well not first hand knowledge but I'd say second hand knowledge of comics that I have known because I used to do stand up comedy for about 2 years of my life. Uh some comics uh from Jacksonville did move to LA and they tried to get time at the comedy store and it is it is just um brutal. I mean for an open micer to go in there and do and get any kind of time on stage at the comedy store you you really have to uh 
it's just really difficult. So because everybody you have to be really good. Yeah, I mean, like really special and have a set that is very unique and knocks uh, the people who put the schedules together socks off. Right. If not, then they're like, why? Why even bother? Because at the same this time, it's kind of the big leagues in some ways. It is the big leagues. It's absolutely the big leagues. I mean, that that is the mecca uh, for stand up comedy, essentially. And you can be you can you can go in and there's a sign uh, from what I heard. There's a sign up list to get time and you have to be like one of the first people there. And even then. I mean, you can go on, and if Louis C.K. Oh, he's he's a rough one to bring up right now. Or if, like, Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle or if any of these guys just, just stumble into the comedy store and they decide they want to do an hour, guess what? None of the open micers are going up. But exactly. on the other hand, you get to see Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock, like, inches away from you do stand-up in a small club. So, you know, it's got its, uh, its pros and cons, but... They were only able to get two stand-up comedians for this segment. Uh, Joey Gaynor, whose stand-up I have never seen. He was a doorman at the time uh, for the Comedy Store, which is how all, all the great comedians, a lot of them start out as doormen at, um, at the Comedy Store. I guess I should say door people to be more politically correct. <laughs> um, and then they have Blake Clark, who I do not think is funny at all. In fact, the jokes that they showed in this segment... Because this is a different kind of segment for Unsolved Mysteries. They Unsolved Mysteries is not what you would call a funny show by any they fucking means. They were being means. cheeky. They were being very cheeky. So they were showing kind of historical clips, stock clips of, uh, you know, Richard Pryor and Robin Williams, Jim Carrey and stuff like that doing um, stand-up there. And then they would actually... Arsenio Hall. They played Arsenio Hall's clip. And it was just so... The joke was very topical. It was about Don King... Yeah. And it was very 90s funny, and it was like dated. The joke dated horribly. And same with Blake Clark's joke, but I wouldn't say it was dated. It just wasn't fucking funny. And I don't get it. Uh, they show Blake Clark doing stand up, and he says, um, his joke is uh, that when they cut in, he's like, uh, I was born in Georgia and fought in Vietnam. That's like being punished for the same thing twice. And the, and the crowd like just starts laughing hysterically. I don't get that joke. To this day, I don't get that joke. I was born in Georgia and fought in Vietnam. That's like being punished for the same thing twice. What does that even mean? Like, yeah, I don't get that either. I don't get it. If if anybody is out, it like a civil war reference? I I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like like the beat of the joke sounds like it's supposed to be funny. Like the rhythm or of the he's joke. He's like, I was born in Georgia, and Georgia sucks. It's it's a and then I went to Vietnam and that also sucked. It's a, so it's like being punished for the same thing twice. I don't know. Anyway, I, I don't know either. Like that that that's a pretty shitty joke to be honest. Um, so this place is Blake Clark though is known for uh, being in Home Improvement as the character Harry. I knew him mainly from being Sean's dad in Boy Meets World. Because <laughs> that was that was the most. Um, because I think he died in that... Spoilers. I think he dies in Boy Meets World. <laughs> he has, like, a heart attack or something. And Sean's all, like, tore up about it. Because Sean's, like, the trailer trash. You know? Yeah. And, and Corey is, is, you know, from the... Well what a revelation. You used to watch Boy Meets World. <laughs> Dude, I thought that was a great show. I still, st <laughs> I still stand by that. I think, it's, I think it was a great show. 
Was that a? Did you watch the Disney Channel revival? <clears throat> I did not. Like, Girl Meets World. <laughs> I did not. I hate. I hate revival sh like shows like that. I and I hate how they're bringing back Roseanne. It's like like Fuller House. Yes, I, I hate all of it because it's literally Roseanne. Though I might have some hope for it because the actual people who are behind that show are coming back. The original cast is coming back, and the last season was absolutely horrible. So, I honestly, I'm curious about it to see what they're going to do to erase that bullshit. Because that's what that season was. That was just Roseanne having a power trip and an ego trip and just doing whatever she wanted to with the show. Oh, I didn't know that. And and did you know about the last season? About the no. spoilers, folks. Uh, it's all this whole thing where Roseanne, and the, she wins the lottery and completely defeats the purpose of the show and the charm of it. And it's all about her fantasies coming to life and so on and so forth. There's even an episode where she kind of uh, gets in sort of a Steven Seagal movie type scenario and Steven Seagal actually cameos in it. Wow. And then the, the bombshell is the last episode is one of the worst finales of any series. Now that I, mean, I do, right I do, there, I do remember it's right up there with St. Elsewhere. Yeah, I do remember I mean, St. Elsewhere is some dumb shit as well. Oh, look, oh, 10 years of this show all took inside, took place inside the mind of this autistic kid. <laughs> and in Roseanne, it's like, none of that ever happened. They never won the lottery. It was just some delusion that Roseanne had because Dan died of a heart attack. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, I pretty much know what the show is going to be. It's going to be like what The Simpsons has turned into. It's going to be like what Fuller House is. It's got all these, sh it's, it's always, a, maybe not. It's the same but shit. We'll see. It's every single time. It's, we have to, well, maybe you're right, you're right in the sense that maybe they finally learned that taking a show and shoehorning, now they have, now they all have iPhones. Now they're talking about making Twitter references and now they're referring to memes and all this kind of shit. That doesn't equal hilarity. Just because that's what modern people are doing now, that doesn't mean yeah. if you insert it into a show, it's going to automatically equal hilarity because it doesn't. It just looks like they're trying hard to be relevant. Can you imagine they brought back Unsolved Mysteries and with some cheeky millennial show. Well, that's what I'm afraid of. That's you know. why I don't want them to bring it back. I, I That's why I hate that they're... Anyway, we're getting really off topic here, so... Anyway. You could just cut that out and save it for the, you know, for the end of the podcast or something like that. I don't know. I mean... Because some people might be kind of like, get to the point. Well, you know, we're talking about the comedy store, which has to do with celebrities. Roseanne did stand up there. So, I mean, it's kind of topical yeah. in, a certain, in a certain extent. Um, another thing that the comedy store is famous for is for being incredibly haunted. So this is a ghost story, people. Um, several people who worked at the store have claimed to have encountered several spirits and have had other strange occurrences. Lori Jacobson, who worked as a waitress at the club, has written a book about the various ghostly encounters oh, there. Oh, written a book. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's... It's like it's like what Robert Stack even says in the segment. You know, he says something along the lines of the comedian saw something funny at the comedy store. It sounds almost unbelievable. And it's like, yes, that's pretty much that's pretty much the whole synopsis of this thing. Uh, a, some comedians saw something str strange at the comedy store. It's it sounds almost like a joke in and of itself. 
Yeah. Um, but they they had certain things like she claimed that after, you know, when she was waitressing there, they'd set up all these tables. They put the tablecloths down, the ashtrays, light the candles, etc. She'd walk out of the room and walked right back in and all the tablecloths were neatly folded up onto their little cart or whatever. And all the ashtrays, everything was back in its place in the span of like a few seconds. And then you have Joey Gaynor um, coming in, who was a comedian. Mr. Nobody. <laughs> Jeez, Mike. <laughs> Just telling it like it is. Maybe you should be Trump's running mate next election. Telling it like it is. I like Mike Brown. He tells it like it is. Um, apparently, one evening around 3 a.m., Joey was planning to leave when he noticed two candles lit on the table. Now, honestly, this is... Out of all the ghostly phenomena I've heard of on this show, this was one of the weakest kind of uh, tellings of, of a ghostly phenomena. So he blew out the candles and he walked away. And when he turned around, he noticed that the candles were lit again. So then he blew them out again. And then once again, something lit them back up. So he just kind of said, okay, fuck it. You know, you want to stay lit? That's fine. Be lit or whatever. One thing about maybe somebody pranked him with those candles that they stay lit. So you blow it out, but then it goes back, you know, lights back up or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or, yeah, or I, mean, though, I don't think that it does work that way, though. They just don't go out. Yeah. True. So, I mean, I thought it was a subtle effect, but I, th I thought they did a good job with it in terms of this segment, in terms of showing this reenactment. I mean, I would be pretty creeped out by that. I know it's simple and it's not like an apparition or anything, but something that's able to literally manifest fire. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's pretty, pretty scary. One thing I did like about Joey Gaynor is, is he much like Henry Rollins back in the previous segment that we covered? Uh, these, these guys like stand out from the show in the sense that yeah. these are not normal people you have that uh -huh. you see on an Unsolved Mysteries episode. He because he would say in things like, you know, he's like, I wasn't drunk. I wasn't high. And it's like, yeah, I you, love that it's one. like you don't hear the term high mentioned on Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> you know, like if anything, Robert Stack would say something like the boys were were uh, <laughs> like the boys had consumed three marijuana cigarettes. That would be the, that would be <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries way of saying they were stoned out of their ass, you know, like, but, the, you know, Joe, I would love to hear Robert Stack's to say that somebody was stoned out of their ass like that would just be <laughs> yeah so off their ass out of their ass however the saying goes i'm pretty sure i messed up but it, it's interesting out that, of their ass yeah inside their ass <laughs> i don't know but it's interesting to see people like joey Gaynor on unsolved mysteries for that yeah. reason because they kind of stand out you know so it's so it's kind of cool so maybe he isn't a mr nobody after all he's he's somebody to me i love him <laughs> i want to have his child i took it too far um, oh, wow. <laughs> so then then they introduced comedian Blake Clark, and um, he also worked at the comedy store as a doorman. At first, he did not believe in ghosts, and he was, you know, just talking, like, very straight up. He's like, I didn't believe in anything. You know, I was like, I was a see it, feel it, touch it kind of guy. And he's like, um, you know, now I do after working here. One night, mm -hmm. he was locking up when he witnessed a bar stool move by itself along the stage. And then another night, he and Joey were cleaning up when Joey decided to antagonize the ghost. And in the segment, Joey... Yeah, go ahead. This reenactment here is hilarious, the way that they show this. It's just like, can you imagine the scenario where, where you just deliberately decide to antagonize some ghosts? It's funny to I me, mean, too. I I wouldn't be doing that. 
And what's funny to me is that like Joey and Blake Clark played themselves in the reenactment. Yeah. And this was probably fairly early on enough in their career to where they were both like, sweet, we're going to get an acting credit for being on Unsolved Mysteries. So they really, you know, they were really like, I think, trying to to give their five star performances in this one. (laughs) Joey's like, come on, you know, do something. And so then, you know, it shows the ashtray just lifting up. And then it lunged yeah. at, at Joey's head and Joey moved out of the way and it smashed against the wall, which honestly, if you think about that really like happening, that would have to be a, a terrifying sight. You know? Oh, absolutely. But um, Michael, it's just the way that it was shot. It was kind of funny. Yeah. The guy's like, hey, come on. You know? Yeah. Show yourself. <laughs> it's like, why are you trying to antagonize the ghost? Like even Blake was like, why do you want to antagonize a ghost? And then he's like, come on, ghost. I don't know. Let's go. I, I might do that too, just to, if I was in that situation. Just, just as I've never been somewhere that was supposedly haunted. But then again, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a dick move to, to be like, uh, you know. It just reminds me of George Carlin's uh, one of his stand-up specials where he's talking about how he doesn't believe in God, and he's like, yeah. he's like, I'll prove that to you that God doesn't exist. He's like, if God, if you exist, strike this whole audience dead with lightning right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, so yeah. anyway, Michael Becker, who handles uh, events at the comedy store, uh, claims that he witnessed a ghostly figure with a 1940s outfit walk past him while he was on the phone. Uh, Becker believes that the ghost was a murder victim killed by mobsters during that time period. And the reenactment because is, is, before the co- it was a comedy store, it was a nightclub called Ciro's, and it was like this really, really popular hot spot. And there were celebrities and people like that that used to frequent it, as well as notorious mobsters. So the theory is that this guy in 40s clothes is somebody who was killed by this notorious mobster. Um, And there's really no proof of that at all. There's just kind of a lot of uh, speculation. Uh, He looks like an extra from that movie Chinatown. And I love the, the the Michael Becker's explanation where he's all like, you know, yeah, it was totally like it was 40s. You know, I'll, every time I saw it, it was just a guy in a 40s, 40s clothes. It wasn't some hippie. It wasn't some guy, eight, guy from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, like what's the guy from the 80s supposed to look like? Is he supposed to be wearing like a blazer with the sleeves rolled up with like these like <laughs> black shades on and like neon pink <laughs> pants or something like like just walking in there with like cocaine under his nose or some shit he's got a boom box yeah um another interesting <laughs> note up? another interesting note What's about up? the comedy store is um it's owned by mitzi shore or at least it was it mm-hmm. probably still is um mitzi shore being the uh mother of Polly shore um oh, a, a, that's why Polly shore got on stage at the conference oh yeah dude absolutely and that's where that's why Polly shore got all the breaks that he got in the 90s pa- see ladies and gentlemen for those of you who don't know Polly shore was somewhat of a big deal in the 90s um he released a string of movies a few of them i, I actually enjoy i think most people can admit yeah that- i i like son-in-law i like encino man biodome uh, I, I don't like biodome i didn't like that one <laughs> biodome is just pretty awful uh, to me, I liked in the army now. Those are the ones that I liked with Paulie Shore. Um, and I liked his voiceover work in uh, a goofy movie. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, you know, he did a lot of just like, jury duty was forgettable. Um, but I mean, a lot of people like the 
you know, put him in the same category as somebody like Carrot Top, and I don't think that's fair. Like, Pauly Shore is way more talented and funnier than Carrot Top ever was. <laughs> there was actually a documentary that he did about himself, about his downfall. Yeah, Pauly Shore is not dead. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's a pretty interesting documentary if, if you're interested in seeing how people uh, uh -huh. basically, you know, kind of have a fall from, from grace, because... Um, yeah, I don't know. He just uh, he, he still does stand up now apparently, but you know, it's kind of like I feel like people like myself who kind of grew up watching his movies and have that nostalgia value towards him, it's like I, I don't want to see his his new stand up material. You know, I want to yeah. see him You want to see him go buddy. <laughs> yeah, like I'm the weasel, whatever the fuck he did, <laughs> and that's all I want from him. I don't want to hear anything else he has to say because he got pit, he got typecast, and that's how people. It's just like nobody wants. Well, to that's what with Andrew Dice Clay, like nobody wants to hear his new material mm, either. I wouldn't say I wouldn't agree with that with Andrew Dice Clay. He's still got he's he's he grind. No, I know, but the, he had issues with doing a set, and people were you know. Asking him, you know, to do the nursery rhymes and shit. Oh, so yeah. Always have he's got to do that. That's like his 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 greatest hits, you know. Yeah. So he's still he's still got to kind of do that, and that's not entirely foreign from who he really is as a person. It's not no. like he's no completely a different person. So I'm sure it's not as agonizing for him to do that night after night, but. It's like Michael. Oh, sure. I mean, that would be kind of agonizing. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's like kinda, it's just when uh, Michael Richards Kramer from Seinfeld when he did started doing stand up. Like, a who gives a fuck about what Michael Richards is? <laughs> we want to see you be Kramer. That's all you, we do. Kramer, and then at some point in his stand up show, he called some black people the N word. Wasn't that at the comedy store? Uh, that was at um, the Laugh Factory. The Laugh, yes, something. that was at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, that wasn't at the comedy store. But it, yeah, I mean, so he felt the pinch of not being that funny because he got heckled and he couldn't handle it. You know, because I think on some level he, I don't, who, who the fuck knows? I'm not gonna speculate about that. But anyway, going <laughs> going back to the story here. Blake Clark and a co-worker claimed that one night a metal gate that had uh, the fire extinguisher behind it would continually open and close for no apparent reason. Blake and Joey claimed that while in the basement... Oh, I got to speak to that whole uh, fire extinguisher gate thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> Blake Clark's describing it. And he, for some reason, he feels the need to do the sound effect. And it's just one of the many things that adds to the corniness factor. <laughs> He's like, yeah. yeah, and all of a sudden the gate was like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, man, just, 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 just throwing up there for everyone to see. You're very, yeah. you're the many talents of Blake Clark. He's even a Foley artist. Look at him. That's such an accurate. He's the next. Uh, he's the next. Uh, what's his name? Uh, fuck, that guy from Police Academy. <laughs> That's what everyone. All, everyone just calls him the guy from <laughs> Police Academy. No, I don't think anybody actually knows that guy's name. He's just, oh, the guy from Police Academy. But yeah, I know, I know who you're talking I, I, about. I'm Michael Winslow. Oh, there you I go. Think that's his name. Yeah. So uh, then Blake and Joey claimed that in the basement of the store, um, a dark, strange mist appeared, and they felt it was a bad presence, so they left. Okay, so this is one problem I have with this wiki, because they boil this shit down so much to where it doesn't really... Yeah. It's, it's not a really good synopsis of, of no, what happened. No, it's not. But what happened... I, I thought this was actually the most effective part of this segment for me. I thought it did a good job creating a sort of creepy sort of atmosphere, like the whole lighting and everything. And then 
showing the gate bending in. I mean, that if I saw that, I, 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 I'm not going in there. Like, I'm just not. I don't want to see what's doing that. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, but I'll just I'll just not go in that basement, and it's a, it, it, and I love how it's like in the basement. It's like that typical cliched horror movie trope, yeah. you know? Oh, don't go in the basement. Yeah, the ghost might be down there, or the killer might be down there, or oh, let's go in the basement. <laughs> and when they're down in the basement, you know, this thing appears, and and this apparition, it, you know, it's your, it's unsolved mysteries that we're talking about here, so of course it's not gonna look good. But this thing looks like it was hand animated, some kind of like Disney Fantasia like looking uh, uh, I mean, thing. I I didn't mind it because I, I thought the for it wasn't done in CGI. It was animated. It wasn't in CGI, it, if it was done in CGI, it was pretty. It was pretty. No, decent. you can see that it was animated. Like it, like it, it was. You can that had a that was a certain charm to it. I, I liked the fact that it was animated and the fact that it was just this dark mysterious shape like that kind of thing really freaks me out like I, I i don't have any eyes i don't have any nose yeah the apparitions like okay see this guy in 40s clothes walking by like did i just see what i thought i saw like the 80s guy would have been cool <laughs> with the boom box and everything and, and he'd be playing goodbye stranger or something by super tramp and then you'd be like Bye. I would think he'd be playing My Girl Likes to Party all the time or something by Eddie Murphy. Oh, oh he'd be playing. Yeah, he'd be playing. <laughs> I'd be like, turn that shit off. That would be that would be that would be haunting for sure. If I have to hear, listen to a, if I have to see a ghost walk by with like neon green pants and like uh, the uh, turned up collar and and uh, the sunglasses and shit, and he's playing my girl wants to party all the time party all the time okay, party okay, okay, all the okay. time please god don't finish anymore <laughs> I, can't, I can't even take it when eddie murphy does it yeah see see that would be haunting like that would be like you'd be like oh my god that'd be like the worst ghost ever you'd be, you'd be running to the exorcist like get him out of here but now like this <laughs> this this animated fantasia apparition appears in the basement and then again joey gainer man and his acting skills he's like what do you want why are you doing this? And then it just like blows past them. And then unsolved. Then Robert Stack comes in. And again, the corniness factor is just is is, is hard here. Yeah. Uh, Robert Stack comes in being all cheeky for sheer speed. Blake and Joey's sprint from the basement has yet to be equaled. And it didn't. Yeah. And it you know and the you know Joey Gaynor and Blake Clark are two fatties who are middle aged. Yeah. Even. They didn't go that. They fast. didn't go that. They, it, it was not so, it was just i don't know i'm like watching the that segment. would have been that would have been funny like if that was the case like you know the the, the reenactment they're like whoa like Ooh! like you know like the scene in ghostbusters when you know three two one get her Blah! Ah! <laughs> like they totally ran out of that library like at full speed this was just like Eh, sauntering up the stairs. It wasn't a saunter. It was. It was. It was two fat guys trying to run fast. Is what it was. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it. We'll call it what it is. It was two fat guys trying to run fast. It, it, I'm glad. I'm just glad though that they didn't use the effect 
that Fresh Prince of Bel Air loved to use, where they just sped the footage up to make shit look oh, faster. Oh yeah. Uh, like I'm glad they didn't do that because that would have been just been straight up cheese ball corniness. Yeah. Um. You ever? You ever? But, you, you did notice I'm Fresh Prince. I they they yeah. did that shit a lot on that show. Yeah. Like anytime someone needed to go fast or you know whatever, they just sped the footage up and it looked it was so some fake. cartoonish, you know, Looney Tunes shit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, with the. All the other ghost sort of parts of this segment, you know, you don't see the spirit except for like the apparition. It was like a blink and you miss it thing. And then this one is just a shadowy thing like that. I, I, if I can't associate anything human with it, that's what really freaks me out. Yeah. It's like the, maybe that's not a ghost. Maybe that's some kind of shadow demon or something. I, I don't want to deal with that. Like that reminded me of, of a scene in the film Ghost that used to scare the shit out of me as a kid. But like when I watch it now, like it's 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 hilarious because it's this hand drawn animation of these shadows that are grabbing this guy and taking him to hell. But like it's so fake looking like this looked better. <laughs> and Ghost was like a, a a pretty big budget film. And like the, the effects of Patrick Swayze were well done. But when they have to have this climactic scene where these shadow people are taking the bad guy to hell it's this really cheap ass looking effect. Yeah, that scared that I me too. I don't understand. I don't get why that scared me as a kid. Like I watched that now. Because and I'm you, like, you, because you didn't know any better. Like we didn't know any, but that's yeah. all we had. So it was like, it. I think putting the image in your mind and and conveying the concept is the scariest thing of it all. And and it did that in a good way. Now now that we have seen better and are we've been somewhat. It's kind of um, went back and tainted. It's it's like taken like all the stuff you grow grew up with as a kid, and it's cheapened it to a certain extent because of how much better technology has gotten. Uh, it's unfortunate that that seems to be the thing. No, that was a bad effect for back then. Like I I, I know better now. Like when I was a kid, I didn't know any better because I didn't have any reference. But I've seen a lot of films with a lot of legitimately great practical and visual effects from that time period and for 1990 that was a really bad effect yeah it's like they didn't have the budget or something and ran out of money or some shit yeah i did want to mention also about the comedy store ghost is the scene where blake clark another practical effect i like or not blake clark joey gainer he was yeah. he was um doing something with the chairs like he was setting them up by the tables or something and then he literally walked away and he came back one second late like five seconds later yeah and all the chairs were stacked vertically in the middle of that the room. reminded me of poltergeist that whole scene in the film poltergeist where joe beth williams's character she uh she goes to do something she's working on cleaning some stuff up in the kitchen she turns around for a second turns back around and all the chairs are stacked on top of each other. Yeah, I thought that was a very uh, visually like powerful conveyance yeah. of, of ghostly phenomena. And Joey, I liked what he said afterward, too. He goes, you know, he goes, even if it had taken 10 seconds, if you can pile 8 to 10 chairs up like that in 10 seconds, you should be in Vegas. That's amazing. Like, I, I thought that was like a pretty... Uh, a good uh, that was a, a a good way to describe like that'd be like seeing all these books stacked up and be like nobody stacks books like this yes nobody stacks chairs like this uh so at the end of the uh segment or whatever you got robert stack who's standing in the lounge of the comedy store right in front of the stage which <laughs> this is like one of the cheekiest 
it, it's parts of this segment. It's very cheeky, but at the same time, it's I love it. Though. At the same time, really it's do. also kind of iconic to see Robert Stack, yeah. this old school Hollywood like movie star, standing in the comedy store. Yeah. I'm sure Robert Stack went to it back when it was Ciro's. I'm sure he, you know, did mm -hmm. a few lines of blow there or something back in the day. You know, <laughs> like I'm sure he, um, you know, like uh, ordered a gin he and tonic up or dressed two. Dressed up like Elliot Ness. Yeah, you know. So like, it's kind of iconic seeing this old like Hollywood icon in a iconic Los Angeles like comedy venue. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, they give him dialogue and they give him a scenario that is not so iconic. Um, because he's talking about like how, you know, the lady who's writing the book about all the hauntings and stuff, uh, Lori Jacobson, uh, according to her, there had been 50 um, ghostly phenomena kind of things that happened at the comedy store. And then behind yeah. Robert Stack, there's a stool on the stage in the stool they have it slide across the stage which is yeah. clearly you know practical effect of some kind and then robert stack looks back at the chair and then he looks back at the camera and in a very non-robert stack way he goes perhaps you should make it 51 <laughs> like, <laughs> like he just he kind of breaks character a little bit and i like it i like yeah, it though. i like it I, I know you say it's not that iconic but i, I think it kind of is because it shows that playful fun side of Robert Stack that, you know, it really shows how charismatic he right, was. Right, right. And, you know, it's nice to see like, a little, little... A little wink and a nod, you know. A little wink and a nod type thing. Um, but there was also a skeptic who was there for, like, 30 seconds, <laughs> I think, right? Yeah, well, I don't... And he was like, oh, you know, it could just be all these different things, and then they didn't really go back no, to No, actually, was like... he, was not, he wasn't a skeptic. He was like a... He was some kind of psychology or something or other, and I was actually gonna, oh, okay. I was actually going to write down what he said because he was basically saying there's no explanation for it. But then he goes on this whole thing. He's like, if you rule out people, you know, mis misperceptions of what of uh, natural phenomena, if you rule out this, he basically goes down the whole list of anything that it could be besides ghosts. He goes, if you rule yeah. out all this stuff, then uh, science can't really explain what it is. It's like, well, yeah, if you rule out all that stuff, then you've kind of deduced it down to where it could only be ghosts. Like, that's the only other possibility, <laughs> given all the things you just eliminated. You know, so like even he was, you know, so they didn't really have a solid. That's a false positive answer yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, they didn't really have a solid skeptic on this one because I, th no. I think this one was just supposed to, you know, it was kind of like a joke. <laughs> I really think. I really think it was kind of a joke. Yeah, there. it's a show that covers ghosts. So the comedy store, how can you not do a segment about the comedy store ghosts? So it's kind of like they knew they had to do it, but I think they went in there knowing that they were going to do it tongue-in-cheek. Because how yeah. can you not do a, a, a episode about ghosts at a place called the comedy store with comedians who are giving you their accounts, you know, and not, you know, do it all cheeky and all that. But yeah. again, the practical effects were good, and um, I like this segment, you know, as, yeah. uh, you know, in an ironic way, you know, because I, I realize that it's corny, but I, I like it for... It's bad, but, you know, it's good. It's got a certain charm to it. So, mo um, moving on to the next... <laughs> <laughs> Talk about bad, but still oh, being enjoyable. Man. We got the... The, the devil's the backbone. The devil's butt I mean, crack. The title is fantastic. It really is. Uh, the devil's backbone. That way, it, really, um, it really should be the devil's butt crack, though. <laughs> 
Um, but this one, it, it just starts off and it's just comedy gold. <laughs> like it, it, it's it. This segment is trying so damn hard to be scary. It falls flat on its oh, ass in every in the way, most spectacular and hilarious way imaginable. So it opens up and there's like this spooky image of like this this guy in a white robe. Well, actually, they show some other thing and then they have like the music sting. So it's like done, and then it's oh yeah, it's like literally they have like they have like five frames of. Like the night sky or something. And then it does this quick cut and zoom to this window with this glowing like Raiden from Mortal Kombat looking motherfucker. No, he looks like a Jedi. He's a Jedi. Or a Jedi. And, it's, he, it's, and he's, it's fucking Luke and he's doing, or, or Obi-Wan. Yeah, he's doing this very Mortal Kombat-esque. Oh! <laughs> As they're zooming in to, the, to reveal the image of this guy. He sounds like he's taking a really hard shit. <laughs> it's so constipated uh spirit over here it's so um like out of left field it's so bizarre because it's so bad that it's almost kind of it's almost kind of it's almost great yeah it, it's it's disturbing in the sense that it's so out of place and like what what a what kind of b-movie bullshit am i watching right now so that's how the segment opens uh, up. Like, I mean, and I, I, I was not expecting that, and my sides were hurting because I was laughing so hard. It was just, it was just I was expecting oh, it, and it was still hilarious because you had commented before that you thought it was so yeah. funny, and I knew it was coming. And then when it came up again, I could just imagine like your reaction to it, seeing it. I was like, man, that was like fucking hilarious. Oh. <laughs> So, uh, so the Devil's Backbone is a large rural area in Texas, northeast of San Antonio. I just got to stop here and say, I did it. <laughs> I said that fucking word. Oh, and south of Austin, that seems to have more ghosts and other strange spirits than any, any other place in the United States. The owners of the land claim to have seen hundreds of spirits while they have been there. On one evening, resident Burt Wall was writing a story when he heard his dogs barking. This guy is a character. Okay. The, the, they interviewed this guy, and he is a total 100% character. Like, the, this, the, the way he says things is funny in itself, and especially near the end. And I think this guy might be the one who's playing the ghost, uh, the constipated spirit, like the, you know, <laughs> the ghost who can't shit. I, I think he's playing that in, in the reenactment. Yeah, I got, I got, a, I got, a, uh, when we get to the end, I got to say this guy's quote, but anyway. Uh, yeah, so he looked out the window and he saw a Spanish monk, and it's it's all bathed in white and everything, and you know that's where you get the oh, and the monk was dressed in clothing from the 1700s. Bert does not believe he was a living person. I mean, why would he? It's not Halloween, and even if it was, that would be a pretty elaborate effect. I mean, unless this guy like like rappelled down from a helicopter that had these bright lights shining down on him, and, a spotlight. and he decided to wear yeah. like a monk suit, you know. I mean, yeah. Unless that's I'm just gonna fuck with this guy, you know. I'm just gonna fuck because with Bird over here. You got everybody knows you keep, you know. 
it's weird because Unsolved Mysteries never really used that super bright spotlight effect like no. a lot of other times. But for this one, they like it's like they just got a new bright ass spotlight and they wanted to use that 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 shit. Like they used it oh, a yeah, lot totally. in this segment. And it added a certain ethereal quality to you know the ghost effects and everything. I thought it was used better with the Indian. Like here with the go the Spanish Inquisition ghost or whatever. It was just way too it was just a little bit too much. I was more of a fan of how they did like the Civil War ghosts, like a lot, yeah. a lot of fog, no, yeah. no light whatsoever. But it was just a foggy kind of, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did the typical thing where you you have the guy on the where they make him see through and all that, which is just the yeah. easiest effect in the world to do in video editing. But I mean, still, it 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 got the point across. But they more. But I can I. Yeah, they yeah they more conveyed it through like makeup, making the guys you know uh -huh. flesh look pale, and you know the fog. I can't stress the fog enough. You know that's very uh, ghostly. But the, on this mm. episode, just that damn spotlight on all the ghosts—it <laughs> was just I don't know. Didn't like it. It was a little bit too much. It's a little bit too glitzy and glamour. It just it just you. looked like a, like a chopper was following them or something like the whole time. <laughs> like I had like the spotlight on them. Yeah. So, uh, I could see why some people, you know, young kids would see this segment and be freaked out by it. But like, as an adult, like you watch this segment and it's just, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Especially the Spanish monk one. So after a few minutes, uh, the constipated ghost then vanished into thin air. Bert <laughs> believes that the monk was the ghost of a Franciscan monk named Espinoza who lived in the area over 300 years ago. Then it, it interviews this other guy named John Meir, Myers or Mears, who came to Bert's land to hunt deer. This one is, I mean, it starts out kind of iffy. Like at first, I'm like, really? That could just be a raccoon or a squirrel or some shit. So one afternoon, he was on a tree stand because he's going deer hunting and he's waiting for some deer when he heard someone walking around a tree. Now, he didn't really say someone. He just said something. And you just hear like footsteps and he kind of flubs up. He's like, oh, I heard uh, footprints. Oh, I mean footsteps. <laughs> I heard footprints. <laughs> I, I I smelled the color green. <laughs> and so the, per the person or whatever it was appeared to be walking in circles around him for several minutes until it just stopped. And he was so high up in the tree, like he could barely even see anything on the ground below. So I was like... Maybe it could have been a squirrel or something. Like, that's one where I was, like, skeptical immediately until Nightfall approached. He then left the tree stand. He found no evidence that anyone anyone had been walking around him. If it was an animal, they wouldn't necessarily leave behind broken branches or anything anyway. But as he walked away, he had a strange feeling. And so he decided to look back at the tree. And he then saw a Native American man standing next to the tree. And he looked like one of those village people. Yeah. Like the Indian from the village people. He, he, you know, I was half expecting him to start breaking into YMCA. And as he walked back to the house, John noticed that the ghostly Indian was following him. And when he tried to approach the man, he vanished into thin air. Yeah. Ooh, spooky. Um, was this was this the scene where they this was where he was like walking in the in the the Indian guy was across from him right? Yeah, yeah. Again with the goddamn spotlight, he was so bright <laughs> and it's like 
why did they do that for this segment? They didn't do that on any of the other ghost segments. I don't like it. Ta it takes me out of it so much. Like it's cool though. See, like they did a really good job with the. Jeez, uh, every time I say Indian now, I feel like I'm using a racial slur. That's how much my mind has been like tainted by a uh, Native American political correctness. Like apparently in schools now, and you guys can like correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, when you cross your legs, they don't say sit Indian style anymore. Apparently, it's crisscross applesauce. Like that's the politically correct yeah, term. So, so, so no, so no uh, Indian burns or uh, Indian giver or any of that. You know that kind of stuff. Nobody says that kind of stuff. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently not. Apparently, it's it's not, frowned upon. It's fr yeah, I guess it's frowned upon. But I mean, what the fuck? I, I love that term, just frowned upon. Like, really, what is that gonna do? Are you just gonna frown at me for doing that? Like. <laughs> Is that really gonna make anybody stop well, doing? We'll invent a new something. We'll invent a new phrase for our podcast. It's one star reviewed upon. <laughs> <laughs> that would describe uh, people reacting badly to our shit. Every pot has a kettle. Oh or my some god! Shit. <laughs> I just real quick, like I've noticed most of the one star reviews we get. I I click on these people's usernames and it shows me what else they review, and they are like five starring all these NPR car talk and This American Life. <laughs> And it's like, well, if that's the shit you're into, of course you're not going to like our podcast, but why you got to give us one star? Just just be like... We're just two good old boys just talking shit. That's really what, that's what it is. Uh, see, good old boy, that term offends me, Mike, because that reminds me too much of my southern roots, and I've had too many southern fucks be like, ah, right, we're a bunch of good old boys, and then they proceed <laughs> to say some of the most racist, homophobic shit I've ever heard, you know? I was referencing Dukes of Hazard. Sorry, dude. You you can't be referencing things around me so much. I don't. I haven't seen anything ever. Don't you know this already about me? I've never seen a single movie in my entire life, and you've seen every movie. There's got to uh, now. Now there's been movies I haven't seen. I guess quite a few of them. So he then saw a Native American man standing next to the tree, and then he walked by next to him. Which I find interesting. Like the ghost is just gonna be walking beside him, like, "Hey, how are you doing? How are you?" I don't like all this littering going on. It makes me cry. <laughs> that wasn't actually a Native American actor who did that in that commercial. That was that was some white guy, apparently, wow. or some German what guy. A surprise! Yeah. I can't believe they did that. <laughs> That's never been done before. So. Uh, then it goes to Lynn Gentry, his story. He was a foreman at Burt's Ranch. One night he heard the sounds of horses running by his cabin. And apparently they were so loud and that they were like rattling shit in the cabin. Like, I'm like, wow, like that's some powerful ghosts right there. <laughs> when he went outside, he saw at least 20 men on horseback riding near the cabin. They appeared to be the ghosts of Confederate soldiers. Yeah, I have to admit that is the most effective ghost effect in this segment because it isn't you know, all glitzy and like, oh, look at me. We get, we got a new spotlight audience. <laughs> our budget's bigger. <laughs> look at the spotlight we have. Too bad we fired all of our riders. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the strangest experiences uh, was that of John Villarreal. Yeah, one of the most hilarious experiences. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like this, this is, this is right up there with the constipated ghost, if you ask me. So John was hiking with two friends in an area known as the Haunted Valley. Well, they, right there, you, you, you're asking for it. You know, you're going and walking around and hiking in the Haunted Valley. Mike, that is such an ignorant thing to say. They were asking for it. <laughs> they should have the right to be able to walk through a Haunted Valley and not be harassed by ghosts, okay? 
You are ignorant. Asking for it. Can't believe you. <laughs> I can't believe you! Anyway. I can't believe you either. <laughs> no, I'm. I, so I think I think a, um, a hypersensitive person just possessed my body just then. <laughs> Much like what happened to John Villarreal. So, um, yeah, the haunted valley. I just love that the devil's backbone, the haunted valley. The you're so fucked nature trail. Let's go on that one. <laughs> Let's go on that one and be surprised when we get so fucked. While walking, he saw a vision of a wolf, and the effect here is so... Dude, cute. let me just comment on this wolf effect that they do. <laughs> okay, this is like... I can't believe Unsolved Mysteries did this. I can't believe Unsolved Mysteries did this either. The, it shows... They spent all that money on that spotlight. It, it, they did. They spent all the money on the spotlight. So they're trying to convey the sight of a wolf, a mystical wolf, running and then kind of jumping. And that's the scene. And it's uh, the wolf is supposed to be jumping. His this, the wolf spirit is supposed to be jumping into this John guy. And it's like the clip they used. It's like this wolf, but it's like this oversaturated, bright, almost like a photo negative filter that they use that you would see in like really bad. Um, I don't know what like really bad nineties like uh, like Fox music videos yeah like like Fox <laughs> programs like you know reenacting like a bad reenactment like a cheat like a program that would be known for cheap reenactments which is not unsolved mysteries or it used to not be apparently this is one of the later yeah. one of the later ones um, but it was in nineteen ninety six so they were still on network TV I think it wasn't that so I don't I don't think there's an excuse for that. Uh, maybe they were just trying to step out of their comfort zone and try something different, but uh, yeah, this one fell flat. But it still made the box set somehow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it had some other things. I mean, you had the the just absolutely amazing constipated ghost to start the the segment. But uh, here, you know, he sees a vision of a wolf. It's this really cheap looking effect. The wolf jumps at him, but apparently his friends didn't see the wolf. Which right at the bat, I'm like, yeah, of course, you know, then that really makes me believe this happened. But then they kind of they add more validity to it later, because at first I was like, is this is this friend just going to be like, we didn't see anything. John's a fucking crazy guy. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Saw a fucking wolf. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they got back into their truck. John's friends noticed that John was very cold. And when they got back to the ranch, they were certain that John was possessed by a wolf. And, and you would think that if he was possessed by a wolf, you know, he'd be all snarling and acting like a wolf or and, and, and stuff like that. But that's not the case, apparently. He just spoke in a deep voice and he talked about Indian massacres in great detail, which is pretty creepy. But they, uh, I think... Robert Stack or one of the other people said he spoke in like a deep baritone. Yeah, he spoke in an unearthly baritone. And then out of nowhere, a gust of wind came through the ranch's kitchen and opened the back door. Yeah, and, it, and it, 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 you know, good thing they had all those loose papers by the back door washing machine <laughs> because, you know, uh, you can't really convey a gust of wind in TV shows or movies without having a bunch of papers fly around. So thankfully, <laughs> little Billy was doing his homework by the washing machine that night because, man, there was just a lot of loose papers that happened to be back there. Well, now now he's now his homework is out the fucking door. So a ghost uh, ate my homework. 
So out of nowhere, the gust of wind came through the ranch's kitchen and opened the back opened the back door. At that point, John seemed to return to his normal self. Sorry, I'm trying to get some some have some background uh, like country. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I figured that, I figured it needed some kind of uh, country. Uh, All I gotta say is that gust of wind. It was. More than likely, probably uh, a giant fart, you know, that, which is kind of what this episode is. But it's a kind of, it's still endearing. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you that it stinks. I can tell you what happened, you know, with the whole fart thing. You know, I think it was a giant fart, Mike. I think you're right about that because, I mean, ha have you ever felt really bad and really weird, and maybe you feel sick to your stomach, and then you just let out a huge burp, and you feel like a hundred times better? I, I'm th thinking that's what <laughs> happened with John, and he equated it to mystical. <laughs> crappy wolf filters and shit but by far like the best like period to this segment is that oh, yes. same Burt Wall guy Yeah. oh my god so they got him narrating kind of over the scene and then they interview him they show his face or whatever and he's like uh -huh. the devil's backbone is haunted because it is loved it's loved by the spirits it's loved by myself and I imagine someday when I'm gone I'll haunt this same son of a gun Cut to constipated ghost again. Yeah, and then then they then they literally cut right back to oh, <laughs> like, like zoomed in. They zoom in on it too, uh, and zoom in on its face. And I think I I actually think it's Burt Wall who's in that costume. <laughs> it looks like he him. probably petitioned really hard. Like I I really <laughs> need to play this this. Uh, no one's gonna be able to capture the essence like me because like I'm I'm a self proclaimed expert on this shit now. And I'm constipated all the time. I'm I'm gonna be. I know the pain of constipation <laughs> and not being regular, so <laughs> I can do this yell better than any of you guys can. <laughs> they probably they probably like mic'd mic'd the bathroom like when he went to attempt to take a dump, and that's probably where they got, <laughs> they got the audio. <laughs> I'm a, if I'm not uh, infringing on anyone's copyright, I might see if I can insert. Ins you guys really have to hear this yell to truly appreciate this. I'm gonna see if I can insert that. Into this, uh, it's right up there with the yell from the Tallman ghost. It is, thing. it is up there with that. The Tallman, the, that yell is brilliant. That's a, that almost is like Wilhelm scream quality. Should have been in a bunch of other movies and shit because that's how good that yell was. But um, unfortunately, that that didn't end up happening, to my knowledge. But um, <laughs> yeah, that you know, just this old hillbilly being like, you know, they they love this. I love the whole. They love this place, and it's loved by myself. I love, it's loved by myself, and one day I'm gonna haunt it too. It's like, oh my god, you are such a cornball, <laughs> with his black and white stri striped Beetlejuice looking, like fucking, uh, what's that shirt company shirt. that that made sh uh, uh, that were really popular in the '90s? My Wrangler. No, my dad had a lot of them. The, um, God, I forget the name now. It was like a guy's name or whatever. Um, but I feel like that's probably what that shirt was. Anyway, yeah, it would have helped if I had remembered the name. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's that's the devil's uh, butt crack for you right there. Uh, I, I think I think that was kind of a, a a liked segment by the fans. I think people generally yeah. enjoy that one. I mean, I enjoy I enjoy, I enjoy it, it for the but, wrong, you know I, in a so bad it's good right. Way. I enjoy it for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> Constipated ghost shitty wolf spirit effect <laughs> and just the whole absurdity of that whole thing it's not it, it's just a wolf that jumps in and possesses the guy 
Yeah, I mean, Unsolved Mysteries had... I'm like, what What was John? What was John? Were John and his friends, were they on some vision quest or some shit? And they smoked some peyote? And they were in the spirit world? We're in the spirit world, asshole! I can't see us! Yeah, like, Unsolved Mysteries only had a certain amount of uh, ghost segments to choose from, so it's no surprise as to the only reason... Well, this was the last segment on the box set. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure that's why it, it ended up um, on the box set, because they only had so much that they could uh, choose from, so it's kind of like, you know, well, shit, you, you're included because we have no other choices here. <laughs> but I'm, I'm still glad it's on there, you know, just for the hilarity of the constipated ghost scare. Um. So, I mean, that's all I have to say about that one. I don't have any anything else to say about the devil's constipated asshole. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's all. I guess that's all we really have for uh, this week. Um, I feel like those were two solid segments, though. I mean, I'm proud. Of, I'm I'm happy with both of those. I'm just <laughs> proud of them. Yeah, it's it's a short but sweet episode this week, folks. Um, but yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think we did a good job. It's short but sweet because me and Mike have to record uh, a promo for our podcast. Because, like I said, my goal is to increase the uh, listener base, and I want to start doing promo swaps with other podcasts. So if you, so that's your New Year's resolution. Yes, while Mike sits on his ass and does nothing for the podcast, can, uh, as per usual, um, <laughs> we just had some infighting brought to the public right right then. I told you we don't get along outside. Of, no, I'm just joking. Uh, Mike's busy with school apparently. Um, yeah, I'm gonna start college up next week. But yeah, uh, so if you yourself are a podcaster or you know anybody who podcasts and they have a decent listener base, at least one equivalent or maybe a little bit lower than ours, then, um, you know, we're interested in doing a podcast podcast swap with you. Um, obviously. Hopefully it's nothing like wife swap. That'd be sweet if it was. I don't have any wife to swap, <laughs> but I'll take their wife. Um, <laughs> no, it's that reality show. Oh, I know where you swap families, and it's just kind oh of. Oh my god, you remember crazy. the wife swap one with the uh, crazy Christian lady? Yes, I'm a Lord Warrior. <laughs> it's it's evil. It's Satanish. It's the devil. Demons. Uh, that lady she probably watched this. She watched the segments we saw today and and faint. That lady <laughs> is a classic schizophrenic. I don't even have to be a doctor, and I can say it. that is a classic schizophrenic. Um, so yeah, if you're a podcaster and you want to do a promo, uh, we'll play your promo at the beginning of our podcast, uh, and then you play ours at the beginning of your podcast. You know, send some people our way. Uh, guys and girls and non-binaries listening, um, <laughs> if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, preferably four or five stars would be nice. Um, do so. Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries, you know where to find it. Uh, the reviews help. We're also on other social media platforms. Which I will uh, now we have. I will now go down the litany of um, names here. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at UncoveringUM. At UncoveringUM. Uh, we post exclusive stuff on there. And by we, I mean I. Uh, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. We have a Patreon. Mustn't forget the Patreons. You get some benefits, some perks, some shit you wouldn't get anywhere else. 
Uh, Patreon.com slash Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Um, what else was I going to say? Well, I'm on YouTube as well. Oh, yeah, the YouTube. OCP Communications. Right. I do movie reviews and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Josh has a YouTube channel uh, called Dancing with Ghosts. YouTube.com slash Dancing with Ghosts. Big news, people. Just hit my thousand subscriber milestone yesterday. Woo! It's all, <laughs> all, all gravy and biscuits from here, buddy. I'm famous. Break out the confetti. <laughs> yep, I am famous. I can now do the super chat feature. I have no idea what the fuck that is, but it's something that only a thousand subscribers and above could do, and now apparently I can do it. Thank you for everybody from the podcast who's subscribed to my YouTube channel, because I know a lot of you have, and I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, as for me and Mike, I think that's it for this week. Everyone be safe, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. See ya. What's up, everybody? Just wanted to remind you that my album Koyana Scotsy is still out for uh, purchase on CD. I got about 15 CDs left, so if you want an actual hard copy, you might want to get on that soon. Uh, I can sign it for you, whatever you want. I don't know if I'm going to do a second run on those or not. And the album digitally is available on iTunes and anywhere else where you can buy digital music. Thanks. Goodbye, Mary. Goodbye, Jane. Come tomorrow. Feel no pain. Sweet devotion. He's not for me. Just give me motion. Do set me free. Yeah, it's still it's still a pretty classic song. I love Super from, Tramp. From 1979, apparently. Yeah, uh, did you see the video I did? The conspiracy theory about how their album... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a, a Breakfast in America by Supertramp is actually an, an amazing album. I highly recommend yeah. it. Long Way Home is another one I remember. Um, Gone Hollywood, which is the first song on the album, is a really underrated song. They never played it mm -hmm. on the radio, but it's uh, it's a very good song. It's really cool. Cool. This next song's called Mike's Ingrown Toenail. <laughs> 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 Dude, they want more of the toenail. <laughs> it's I don't really have anything to say about it anymore. You you so. know it's all become like an ironic thing. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, it's like um, I don't know it, it, the internet nowadays. Like anything ironic becomes like, Dude, that's or, so funny and awesome. Because well, this isn't ironic when Trump Trump is saying that he's uh, a stable genius. Oh my God, he is such a troll. He's just trolling people at this point. He's got to be. There's no way this man can consider himself a genius. <laughs> yeah, I know. Any fucking ways. I don't get it. Um. All right, so let's do. Um. Let's start. Let's start out with. I guess I don't know. These are both pretty bad segments, but like so bad they're good. <laughs> exactly. I mean, 
The devil's backbone is comedy gold. This is the irony podcast. (laughs) The intro is just... (laughs) 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 I was totally not expecting that. Were you like I just I completely forgot about how that oh, opened no. up. Oh no, I remembered. <laughs> I remembered. Done. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just I'm just taking a whiz. Just like the kids. We're just kids and we're taking a whiz. This is a song about taking a whiz and it's for kids. What is, what is this all of a sudden episode of Electric Company? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't like my new direction that I'm going in? <laughs> well, fuck you then. All right. That's uh, not kid friendly. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ah!